God, we uh, come to you probably as a mixed bag um, of people with all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of stuff going on in our lives. I got my hunches if we, uh, <laughs> we won't do this, but if we did some sort of poll of like just asking people, all of us here this morning, hey, are you busy? <laughs> Most of us would probably say, yeah. Um, God, so we got stuff going on in our lives. We got the demands of life happening all around us, and we probably feel that inside of us. Uh, but God, this morning, uh, you got us here, <laughs> and I think that's on purpose. So God, all of our stuff um, that's weighing on us, God, um, whether it's little stuff like responding to a text message or chores we might have to do, tasks on a list, or just whatever the day has in store, God, uh, give us uh, a godly amnesia to those things for a moment, and allow us just to be here. <laughs> it sounds like a simple prayer, but, but God, by your Spirit, would you help us to be attentive? Uh, not because I got something good, but, but because your Word does, <laughs> and we need your Word. So Holy Spirit, would you do that work inside of us? Holy Spirit, would you tilt our our chins, our eyes toward Jesus? Will we see him for who he is? Will we treasure him, enjoy him, adore him, cherish him? God, give us a, a, a humility beneath your word. Cause us to be men, women, and kids who tremble at your word. Knowing that it is from you, it is for us, it is profitable for everything. God, and give us a, a hunger for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in our church. And I pray that, Spirit, you would continue to shine the spotlight on King Jesus. Impress us with him like crazy this morning. <laughs> it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I wanted to share a highlight uh, for me this summer. And, and summer's been a little weird, right? Uh, this is the summer that has not ended yet, and it's October 9th. Yesterday, my family and I were planning on going to the pumpkin patch, right? We were going to go to Stony Ridge Pumpkin Patch. The county's out that way. We are going to go to Stony Ridge Pumpkin Patch, and the boys were waking up from their naps. And, um, and then we looked outside, and it was 77 degrees. And my wife looked at me and said, it, it kind of feels weird if we go to the pumpkin patch and, like, we're wearing shorts and we're sipping on an apple cider that is the same temperature as it is outside. So it just felt a little weird. So we came to the conclusion that uh, we need it to be worse weather before we go to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next weekend, we'll see. Anyway, a highlight of this extended summer of mine has been on those super hot days, after dinner, we don't do this every day, but after dinner once in a while, uh, me and my family will go outside into the backyard. Uh, and we'll turn on the sprinkler. And I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son, Emmett, and a one-and-a-half-year-old son, Warren, and this is an absolute ball for them. So we'll, we'll shoot the sprinkler on, and it's spraying and that sort of thing, and, and the boys are getting giddy and laughing, and I got Emmett on one arm, Warren on my other arm, and we'll be running and leaping through the sprinkler, and they're, they're, they're giddy about it for sure. And then once in a while, Emmett will kind of shimmy down. I don't know why he does this, but he'll kind of shimmy down from my arms, and he'll go and, 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 and kind of just fiddle with the sprinkler and, and mess with it a little bit and, and like put, put it in a different spot, which I don't mind because it waters the yard, but my yard still doesn't look good anyway. That's not worth saying, but I said it. Here we go. Um, so he'll do that. And then once in a while, uh, the hose will kind of get a kink in it. 
And Emmett will come up to me with uh, water kind of dripping down his face and kind of with this quizzical look. And he'll, he'll look up to me and say, Dada, it not working. <laughs> I say, buddy, see that, see that kind of knot in the hose over there, bud? See if you can go fix it. And he'll kind of wander over there and, and, and try to fix it and mess with it for 30 seconds or so. And finally, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to straighten it out and he'll run back up to me. He'll look up to me and say, Dada, it's working. <laughs> Sometimes, does it ever feel like you got a kink in your life? <laughs> like stuff's just kind of stuck. <laughs> stuff's not flowing like it should be. Stuff's not smooth. Um, Psalm 134 that we're going to be in this morning is good for people like us. Good for people like us who sometimes feel like life's got a bit of a kink in it. Good for people like us who sometimes, spiritually speaking, our spiritual lives got a bit of a kink. Psalm 134 is good for people like us who sometimes have mixed up priorities. (laughs) Psalm 134 is good for people like us who sometimes put too much weight in the wrong things. Psalm 134 is good for people like us who sometimes uh, forget about what life's really about and what really matters. So Psalm 134, I think, is going to be good for us and in a sense will help us unkink some of the stuff maybe going on in our lives. We're going to look at two things specifically this morning. Number one, we bless the Lord. Somebody say bless. We bless the Lord. And number two, the Lord blesses us. If you're able and willing, would you stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? I believe this is page 517 or 518 in the Black Pew Bibles right in front of you. Psalm 134 says this. This is God's word. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. All right, you can grab a seat. We bless the Lord, the Lord blesses up. So the, blesses us. So the first movement, we bless the Lord. If you look at the text, we're gonna see something happening. Here's what we see. We see someone is summoning some people who've been somewhere to do something. What I want to do to try to unpack that is ask a series of, at least in this first movement of we bless the Lord, want to ask a series of simple questions. Questions like this. Who's talking here? Questions like this. Where have they been? What are they doing? And where are they now? So number one, who is talking Who is talking? We know that whoever is talking here is someone who knows the covenant God of Israel. If you look at the text, it it has this all caps. It says Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It says helping tilt our chins to the reality of our covenant God who has bound himself to his people in a relational way. So we know whoever's talking knows this covenant God of Israel. We also know whoever is talking is someone who sees the centrality and beauty of the Lord. Look at the words and kind of the tone that is used here. We could call this person, whoever is talking, a Christian hedonist. 
Whoever is talking is someone who knows the creator, Lord. If you look down in verse three, it says, may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. So whoever is talking is this in this psalm is someone who knows that when you look outside and you see Lake Wacom, that God made that. We could say whoever is talking here is a worshiper and a theologian. That whoever is talking here is someone who's, who's sort of like a beggar, who's found a feast, and is pointing out to other people where they can come in and get on the feast too. Where have they been? Kind of number two. Second question. If you've ever cozied up on the couch after a long day and, uh, and flipped on a show... And then something happens usually when you flip on a show for the first time in, in, in a while. Um, and for the first 60 seconds or so, it does this very helpful thing where it looks back on the previous episode and just kind of helps jog the memory. It's a helpful thing. What we want to do this morning is I want to, I want to kind of help jog our memory. Where have we been the last 12 13, 14 weeks or so together as a church going through the Song of Ascent, the sermon series. Where where have we been and where have these people been? God's people journeying toward Jerusalem. They would do this at a point in time throughout the year. God's people journeying toward Jerusalem to go to what was kind of known in some sense as God's place, the temple, to bless God and worship him. Today we're finishing up uh, our sermon series further up and further in. It's been this sermon series that has spanned Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, where we are here this morning. And what it's been is, in a sense, it's a blueprint of the Christian life. Psalm 120 is about repentance, if you go back to it. This turning from and turning to. Psalm 120 is is about repentance and in some sense about conversion. And then Psalm 134 that we're in today is this picture that we get of eternity. From conversion to eternity, Psalm, uh, the Song of Ascent is a bit of a, a, a blueprint of the Christian life, a roadmap. Psalm 120, this picture of repentance, um, it shows us someone who's not satisfied with the world. <laughs> Can anyone relate? It shows someone who, who's kind of disgruntled, someone who's asking questions like, man, is this really it? Psalm 120, we'll put this up on the screen, says this, in my distress, you hear a bit of what's going on there, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. We see someone who's longing for more. (laughs) Someone who's longing for more. And this idea of Psalm 120 and repenting in Psalm 120, it's this idea of turning from something, turning to someone. If we apply it here in Psalm 134, it's this idea of, of, of turning from stuff that doesn't help us bless the Lord, turning to the stuff that does help us bless the Lord. My wife and I, this was back in 2015 or so, um, we had a date that almost went awry. In a sense, it kind of did go awry. It was 2015, I believe. We were at the Fork, nice restaurant down here, um, and having a nice dinner chatting, and then somehow this topic of recycling came up. <laughs> and, and my wife is a recycler, and I was not a recycler. So we had the, <laughs> the I, this was my own immaturity, but I almost, I, had, I, had, I didn't do this, but I had notions of just getting up from the table 
and seeing myself out. <laughs> my wife's a recycler. I'm not a recycler. By God's grace, my wife has discipled me in the art of, of, of recycling. <sighs> so you can breathe easy now. If you were going to send me an email, you don't have to send me an email. Um, she's discipled me in the art of recycling, and I am, by God's grace, now a mediocre recycler with room to grow still. Why do I bring this up? The Christian life is one of recycling. Recycling repentance over and over and over and over again. This is just what you keep doing if you're a Christian. This is what I keep doing. This is what, if you're here and you're not a Christian, what you could keep doing if you follow Christ, turning from the stuff that doesn't help us bless the Lord, turning from the stuff that doesn't help us fix our eyes on the Lord and turning to the stuff that does. And we just recycle that. Repentance over and over and over again. And what we've seen throughout the last 13, 14 weeks or so is this recycling of repentance. This is how we keep going with the Lord. This is how we go further up and further in in our relationship with God. Recycling of repentance. Okay, we've been trying to answer questions like, man, who is talking? Where have they been? This third question within this first movement of, of blessing the Lord is this. What are they doing now? What are they doing now? Let's look at the text, verses one through two. Come and bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord, servants of the Lord, it was likely talking about the Levitical priests, these people who were um, uh, kind of on duty in the house of the Lord. Come and bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. What are they doing here? They're blessing God. Now, I gotta be real, gotta be honest with you. It's, it's, in some senses, I was studying this text the last week or so. It's really easy for me to understand being blessed by God. Or at least it's kinda easy. <laughs> but, but, but for me or you or someone to bless God, I didn't quite know what to do with that. And they're blessing the Lord. Do you see it? Come, bless the Lord. We see that for the first time. All you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands to the holy place. And it says it again, and bless the Lord. I'm sitting here looking at myself, what do I have to offer God in terms of blessing him? Like God just hooked us up with a garage fridge. So I feel like I've arrived in life now. That's a blessing from God. God doesn't need me to give him a garage fridge. So I'm trying to figure out what do I do with this idea of blessing the Lord. What are they doing here? What is going on? Some of us might be thinking, man, bless the Lord. That sounds kind of dry or vague or uneventful or something your grandma wants you to do, but you're not really into. (laughs) Allow yourself for a moment to relax into the reality that you were made to bless the Lord. Relax into the reality that you were made at the very core of your being, made by God to bless the Lord. He knows you most. He knows how you tick most. And he knows that you were made by him to bless the Lord. And we thrive best when we do. So just allow yourself, even if you're not there, that's okay. Hypothetically allow yourself to relax into the reality that you and I are made to bless the Lord. Listen to this. 
This is from a, a devotional psalter, kind of a, a study thing uh, that I have as it, it goes through, kind of has some commentary on each of the Psalms. For Psalm 134, it says this, bless the Lord. It says, this is such a simple instruction, but consider the life-giving wisdom that is found in carrying out this simple directive. What is actually happening in the mind of a believer as you seek to bless the Lord? To do so is to find the fundamental posture and joy that every believer should possess. To bless the Lord is to lift one's eyes to heaven, to look to God, to celebrate who he is, to count on him for all things, to acknowledge life as a gift from him. It is to thank him. I love this. At a base level, it is to notice him, to see him, and to rejoice in him while doing so. Bless the Lord. Somebody say, bless the Lord. I was having a get-together with some, some, some friends in the church a, a couple of weeks ago, and we were sipping coffee together on their back uh, porch and um, eating cookies and just enjoying time together. And, and the conversation, we were just hanging out. There's no agenda. We are just hanging out. And uh, uh, conversation went into, uh, the, the woman started to share about this group of ladies that get together and, and study the Bible together, and she's part of this, and um, she started to tell me that, 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 that usually the first 10 minutes or so, after they're chit-chatting and stuff, the first 10 minutes or so, um, when they get together, what they do is they, they, all the ladies get down on their knees, and they start just retelling to themselves and one another of who God is. <laughs> they just magnify the Lord together. This is what this woman from our church was telling me. They just, magn- they just retell, recount who God is. Remind themselves of his character. And she said, it doesn't take long before the tears start to flow. This is blessing the Lord. And now it's interesting, as I think of that story and that reality behind those tears that were flowing as these women are on their knees for 10 minutes just blessing the Lord, there's not some life concept of, oh, I better be a good person, and then tears come from that. No, there is a relational God behind those tears who invites us from this text into a relational reality of blessing him in which we were made by him to do. This woman from our church, she, she, she started talking about um, the Heidelberg Catechism, and, and one of the things that is highlighted in there is this, is that the chief end of man is to know God and to enjoy him forever. <laughs> to know God and to enjoy him forever. We are made to know God and to enjoy him, to bless him, to bless his name. As we were talking um, I asked, what do you think God gets from that? <laughs> Something like that. What, what, what do you think God gets from that, from those 10 minutes? And she said something like this. I think God gets great pleasure from that, and it pleases our souls. To bless the Lord. <laughs> when we do this, our souls flutter and reflutter to life. When we bless the Lord. Now back to our question, what, what are they doing here? Come and bless the Lord, this invitation, this summoning. Come and bless the Lord. 
I'm kind of hesitant to share the story that I just shared because I don't want you to leave here this morning and thinking, okay, this text tells me to bless the Lord. So what I got to go do is fall. That's not my knees, but my knees would pop if I got to my knees. So anyway, um, is that I need to go fall on my knees and cry and do that for 10 minutes in order to bless the Lord. That's the only application. Now, by no means, like, like, is God a... I just imagine as these women were getting together and doing that, that that, that God is not like a proud father in heaven, but is a proud dad in heaven who who just loves looking down and seeing some of his daughters do this. Without a doubt, that is true. And by no means is that the only way to bless the Lord. Not a chance. Somebody say amen to that. Let that free you up. There are so many. One of the challenges for me with this text is it says, come bless the Lord. And I'm thinking through, okay, I got I to prepare for this and, and figure out what to say. Blessing the Lord is so widespread. The application for this stuff is endless. I love that, that, that quote, noticing him. Noticing him. I was doing sermon prep at Avenue Bread earlier this week, and sometimes when I just got to kind of let, let, let my... Um, <laughs> Let, let, let my head clear in a sense. I go and I take a walk around the block. It doesn't take long. Take a walk. Um, and I did this this last week. And Psalm 134 is kind of stirring in my head and in my heart. Um, and I walk out the door, walk down the street, maybe 30 feet. And I, I see this pink flower basket. And I walk by and just take a whiff. And almost subconsciously, I think because by God's grace, Psalm 134 and blessing the Lord and kind of noticing him was in my head. I, I, I take a whiff and just kind of subconsciously thank God for the gift of smell. <laughs> I keep walking and another 20 feet or so, I see this elderly couple getting out of their car and taking quite a bit of time to get out of their car. And, the, and the, presumably the husband has, has a, a cane in one hand and his wife's hand presumably in the other. Uh, and it just gives me this picture, man, that's, that's what I want for me and my wife. I want to get old together and hold hands. And I was noticing the Lord's gift in that. I kept going and, um, and, and I turned the corner and I saw my car, my car that was parked there. And, and, and it was a gift from my in-laws. And I, I was just noticed the, the reality and thanking God for the reality uh, that, that, that my in-laws are not just neutrals, they're positives. Noticing God in that. I kept going and there was this Mondo oak tree, kind of turned the, turned the corner and this big old oak tree and its leaves were starting to change colors. And just had this thought. And Psalm 134, blessing the Lord, kind of noticing him was in my head and in my heart. And I see this oak tree and its leaves are changing colors. And just comes to mind that, 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 that even when seasons change, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Noticing him. I take another left and walk down this alley, an alley that my, my wife and boys and I have, have stopped after we've um, eaten a meal and we've gone down there and taken pictures of our boys. And now I just, uh, and that was maybe six to 12 months ago, seeing pictures of our boys in this alley. And now I see the spot in the alley where we had taken pictures of them. And I think of how much they've grown. I start saying all the cliche parent things that the only way we, the only reason we say them is because we feel them and, we're real, and they're real. I think of how my boys have grown. And I think of how God is smack dab in the midst of our family, and I'm just noticing him. I think just because Psalm 134 and blessing the Lord is in my head and in my heart, and that whole thing took about 90 seconds. I just want to share that as, as 
hopefully uh, an illustration that helps us see the nooks and crannies that this stuff can get into in our lives. The normal, ordinary kind of stuff. Blessing the Lord. I remember probably eight or nine years ago, there was a, some of you know them, Jamie and Amanda Watt, and they used to be part of our church, were sent out as missionary kind of church planting family in our church, and they would uh, lead us in musical worship, Jamie and Amanda, this, this husband-wife uh, couple. And I'd never heard this song before, but they, they, they sung it here, and they led us in it, and it was this song, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. <laughs> and I remember hearing that song, I don't know, I was, whatever, I don't know, I just never heard that before. And I remember them leading us in the song that just kind of goes on and on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Kind of this, this, this ongoing invitation that as I'm singing words like bless the Lord, oh my soul, I am commanding in a sense or urging my soul to bless the Lord. And that was new to me. Uncharted territory. For some of us, this idea of blessing the Lord might be stepping into some uncharted territory or just becoming aware of this idea that we can bless the Lord, that we can notice him in the things of life. And as we do so, our hearts flutter and reflutter to life. <clears throat> Psalm 103, verses one through two, we'll put this on the screen. It says, bless the Lord. <laughs> Oh, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Those verses, that song, when, when we, guys, when we bless the Lord, we're not trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. We are inviting our souls to soar. <laughs> inviting our souls to soar. <clears throat> Man, we, we are blessed with the opportunity to bless God. Blessed with the opportunity to bless God. And in a sense, we, we, we can totally do that now. If you are here and you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, you can bless the Lord. And there's this reality at the same time that there's, we can already do that. We can already bless the Lord. And in another sense, we cannot yet do that, at least not to the full extent that we will be able to do that when Jesus cracks through the clouds, comes back and ushers in a new creation. It's this already but not yet reality of being able to bless the Lord in some sense for sure right now, and yet it not being quite what it will be when he comes back. This idea of Blessing the Lord. Question four, okay, where are they now? Where are they now? Let's remember where they've been. They've been journeying toward Jerusalem, God's people going up to Jerusalem. This appointed time of year, journeying toward Jerusalem, and now they're there. Their feet are smack dab in the midst of Jerusalem in the temple, in the house of the Lord. And man, it, it is good and it is right for us to look back on Psalm 134. But the thing about Psalm 134 is it was never meant, I believe it is never meant to be a cul-de-sac, but a thoroughfare through which we see Psalm 134. And we don't just look back and be like, oh man, I wish it was like that. But to see that not as a cul-de-sac, but as a thoroughfare through when we see Psalm 134, we get a picture of what it's gonna be like when he comes back. 
And remember, you and I, if we'd allow ourselves to relax into the reality that we were made, meant to bless the Lord. Psalm 134, this blessing of the Lord that is going on points us forward to a brighter future for believers and gives us kind of a Costco sample of what it's going to be like. Have you ever seen videos um, of a soldier coming home? <laughs> these, vi- these, vi- these videos are gold. <laughs> videos of a soldier coming home. I've seen videos of it oftentimes being a surprise. I've seen videos of a dad coming out on a football field to see his son for the first time in who knows how long. And it's a surprise. Or, or coming home to a spouse coming home to friends or family, whatever it might be. And you see these videos of a soldier coming home after a long time away, and you just see, this, 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 these, see these emotions that do not come in a single file line and start hitting you from everywhere. And you see these embraces and these tears and this, man, we are meant to be together. I want you to take that moment multiply it by about a million. And we might be able to have some sense of what it will be like in eternity of finally having arrived home. (laughs) Finally having arrived home. (laughs) Imagine with me when Jesus comes back whether you believe that or not, he's gonna. <laughs> when he comes back and ushers in a new creation where the old is done away with, the new is here, it's better than we can imagine. And believers from all times and all tribes and all tongues and all nations will gather together. It's a brand new creation. And in some sense, we will have arrived home. But in another sense, we, it will not feel like we have actually arrived because there's always more. <laughs> there's always going to be more to enjoy. There's always going to be more to see. In the sense, we, we will be totally finite in eternity, um, though immortal, and it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> I want to share some quotes. Listen to how C.S. Lewis describes heaven. We'll put some of these quotes on the screen. I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come further up and further in. God's people in God's presence, blessing God, what we were meant to do. Listen to the juxtaposition of this next quote, kind of the the here verse now and eternity. C.S. Lewis says this, he says, all their life in this world and all their adventure had only been the cover and the title page. Listen to that. All their life in this world, however many years the Lord gives you, all their life in this world and all their adventures had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one. Chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. 
my wife and I keep a, a, an ongoing list of jokes and just funny, funny things that we say throughout our, our dating and now married um, life. Um, and sometimes we pull them out uh, just to reminisce together. Love this from C.S. Lewis. He's, um, he says this, you've no idea how good an old joke sounds when you take it out again after a rest of five or 600 years. <laughs> Think of all life's demands. The fears, the anxiety, and rightfully so in many ways, right? <laughs> I was playing this game, What Do You Meme? Anyone played that? Playing this game, What Do You Meme, with some friends uh, this last weekend. And if you're not sure what the game is, there's a stack of cards with some funny pictures on them. And then there's another stack of cards with some, uh, so, some words, and the idea is one person is kind of the judge. You got the card. Here's the funny picture. Everybody else has distributed a card with some words, and then they submit the cards to the judge and, and, and try to kind of like match the picture to the words. And there's this picture. This was, I think, this last Tuesday night or something like that. Um, there was this picture of, 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 a, of a fox that was cartoonish, that looked pretty confused. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, this picture of a cartoon fox that looked really confused. And one of the people submitted a card that said something like this. When you're anxious, that you don't feel anxious anymore. <laughs> now listen to the little girl named Lucy from C.S. Lewis's The Last Battle talking about the reality of heaven. Lucy says this, isn't it wonderful? Have you noticed one can't feel afraid? Even if one wants to. Try it. Listen to Ray Ortland here. Talking about the new creation, heaven He says this, he says, the empire of grace, I love that, the empire of grace will forever expand. Jesus will not come back to tweak this problem and that. He will return with a massive correction of all systemic evil forever, forever ascending, forever enlarging, forever accelerating, forever intensifying. There will never come one moment when we will say, this is the limit. He can't think of anything new. We've seen it all. No. The finite will experience ever more wonderfully the infinite, and every moment will be better than the last. Guys, we get to bless the Lord. (laughs) We get to bless the Lord, to notice him, to enjoy him, to acknowledge him, to thank him, to get blessing the Lord increasingly more and more into the nooks and crannies of our lives. That's the first movement. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. The second movement is this, is that the Lord blesses us. And I'm just going to take a minute here. (laughs) How does the Lord bless us? This is verse three. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who made heaven and earth. I love that second part of verse three. He who made heaven and earth. If, if we're sitting here and wondering like, man, is, like what does it look like to, to, to bless God or does he have any oomph? He just tacks on, oh yeah, he, he who made heaven and earth. <laughs> He's got the oomph in the tank to bless. <laughs> One of the Lord's greatest blessings is that he gives us the invitation to bless him. 
One of the Lord's greatest blessings is in verses one and two, this opportunity that we have to bless the Lord. We, we have received a blessing to be able to then bless the Lord. Now, one of the challenges, if you think about the movements of Psalm 134, number one, bless the Lord, and number two, the Lord blesses us. If we aren't careful, we could kind of uh, make God to be some sort of vending machine, right? Put the coin in. You get the Coke out. One of the reasons I believe that's not what's going on here is if you're familiar with the redemptive arc of Scripture, and actually the redemptive arc of the songs of ascent, Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, then you know that grace precedes our ability to bless the Lord over and over and over. And over again, you and I, apart from the Lord intervening, have no interest in blessing the Lord. The Bible talks about we are spiritually dead apart from the Lord's intervention. How could you and I, spiritually dead people, apart from the Lord's intervention, then want to bless the Lord? We can't. God's grace must precede our ability and our desire to bless. Think about this, back to Psalm 120, the beginning of the Song of Ascent. We see this idea of of someone being disgruntled, someone being not satisfied, and we see this picture of repentance, repentance, this turning from and turning to. Repentance only works if there's someone to turn to. (laughs) Repentance only works if there is someone to turn back to. God blessed us so we can bless him. And man, we could talk about how God has blessed us till we're, <laughs> till our throats get sore, <laughs> till our pens or pencils run out of ink or lead, till the world runs out of paper. And we could do that. We could do that. <clears throat> but the greatest gift um, that God has blessed us with is the blessing of Jesus. It's the greatest gift. He's the only one, Jesus is the only one who has lived this life that is perfectly pleasing to the Lord. Who has not just noticed him, but honored the Lord in all things. Jesus is the only one who, 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 who for those of us who have faith in him, our um, missteps are replaced with Jesus's right steps. It is only through the Lord that people like you and I, who sometimes, if we're honest, might feel a bit disqualified to bless the Lord. Guess what? Here's the good news. The only thing that qualifies you to be able to bless the Lord and actually receive the blessing from God, the greatest blessing, which is Jesus himself, is to say, hey, I'm not qualified. (laughs) I'm not qualified. Jesus takes a motley crew of people like you and I. A person who, who, left to our own devices, has no desire to bless the Lord, no ability to bless the Lord, and rewires our hearts in such a way that we begin to want to do that. And we begin to recycle repentance in this journey that we've been in, in the Song of Ascent, Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, this, this, this journey of God's people as a metaphor for us in your, in your walk with the Lord, if you're here and you're a follower of him, to recycle repentance, to turn 
from the stuff that doesn't help us bless the Lord to turn to the stuff that does. And this is how sojourning wanderers, meandering Christians, take steps forward, further up, further in, with the Lord, toward the Lord, for eternity. We are blessed to bless the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. God, it's true. (laughs) Uh, Help us believe where we don't. Help me believe where I don't. Holy Spirit, do what, what I've been asking, God, of tilting our chins toward Jesus and seeing him and stirring our affections in such a way that we want to bless him. Remind us, God, that it is all of your grace. Holy Spirit, would you make the stuff that you want to stick inside of us stick? God, would, would, would your word, God, as we come to it, and it is filled with, uh, in this sense, excitement and opportunity and invitation to, to, Lord, to bless you. To become increasingly aware that we were made for this. Holy Spirit, would you highlight from your word specific things that you have for each of us? God, your word tells us that you know how many hairs are on our head, you know Tears cried and uncried. You know who we are. You know who we are at our very core. God, you made us. Help us see that we were made for you. Made to bless you. Stir our affection. Give us vision for what that can look like in the little things of life. Jesus, would you be magnified. Holy Spirit, you are wonderful at doing that. Will we see the Lord Jesus as he truly is and enjoy him forever and ever? In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.